Hi, and welcome to another episode of Kentakis. My name is Michael Yon, and this episode is called The Human Cellular Memory. Kentakis, welcome. And why is it called The Human Cellular Memory? Well, first of all, um, thanks, Michael, for um, introducing me. But if we look at the cellular memory, most people would think that that's the human brain because the brain holds data. And most people on this planet, probably at least at least 80%, believe the brain is like the mind because they use that word a lot. Oh, I'll think about my mind later. But in reality, the mind and the brain are completely two separate things. The brain is the logical side of who we are, which stores data through experiences of life and also what comes in through our thought consciousness. The mind is simply energy. It's not a solid matter. It's not like an organ of the brain. It is energy that surrounds our being also within our being. And it is the overseer, direct link to the soul as well as the human heart. Cellular memory is something different again. The cellular memory is what makes up you as a human being, but also as a being of divinity that is also connected directly to your soul. The funny thing is, cellular memory has over four quadrillion cells, and those cells hold every single experience that you have had from the moment that you came into existence, whether it's 10 lives ago or 100,000 lives ago. But within those four quadrillion cells is everything, the actions, the thoughts, your disappointments, your emotions, your love, the lot. It's all stored in those cellular memories. Now, the interesting factor is people say, but, but where are the cells? I mean, I don't see them. Of course you don't. They're microscopic. And the most interesting factor they are within every organ of your body, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, your bowels, your stomach, your kneecaps, your bone structure, your muscle structure, everything. Those four quadrillion cells exist and make up you physically because you're a spiritual being. You take the spirit away and you'll fall to the ground. You'll have no life. You put the spirit back in, and suddenly you have life again. So you have cellular memory that holds everything. So everything. So what does cellular memory contain if it holds everything? Okay. Just to say that you've had, I don't know, three, four hundred lives. In other words, past incarnations. And you were a soldier. You were a warrior. You were a mechanic. You were an organ grinder, you were a gardener, you were an assassin, you were a child. All that of all those lives of every experience is within your cellular cells, which is your cellular memory. And you can draw on that whenever you choose to, if you know how to connect to your divinity. That must mean that it's influencing you all the time. 
Yes, to a positive, absolutely positive. The, the cellular memory holds every memory of every action, of every experience, negative or positive. But it doesn't look at it as a negative or positive. It looks at it unbiasedly. Because if it looked at it in a negative way or a positive way, that means it's not unbiased. It means it's biased and judgmental. And your cellular memory is not judgmental. Wow, wow, wow. So what about babies? How many cells do babies have? Okay. Now, that's an interesting factor. I looked into that, and it didn't confuse me, but it made me ask the question, why is it that a human, say, I don't know, say six foot tall, has over four quadrillion cells? And then we look at a baby and we say, well, how many does a baby have? Say it's, I don't know, say, say six months old. The funny part about that, Michael, is it also has four, quadru four quadrillion cells. Oh, wow. Now, we may say, but that doesn't make sense. You've got all these cells crushed into that baby. Whereas a human, it looks more balanced, more stretched out in its cellular cells. But in reality, the baby has the same organs as the human. And the human has the same organs internally as the baby. The only difference is the human is tall and the baby is small. And the cells multiply as the child grows. And it can have more cells than even that human, depending on how consciously in thought that baby is growing. And like you, you say, there's cells within cells, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. The, now, if we, as I think I've said this to you before, but if we literally sat a cell, a single cell under a microscope and we looked at it, most of the time we wouldn't know what we're looking at. All we'd see is this little cell that may be vibrating or slightly moving around or even still. But if we could possibly open up that cell and go right down by miniaturing our own being to a cellular cell, and we hopped into that cell, it would be like hopping into a universe. It's so huge. But when we look at it from our size, because normally we don't see a cell, physically, because it's microscopic. But if we literally went inside that cell, it would be like a universe. And that's why I say we are a universe within a universe within a universe. And it goes on and on and on. Every organ inside us internally is a universe. It's conscious energy and it's alive. Those cells make up the heart, but also it makes up the life. The spirit that's inside of you is there for one reason, to learn just like the physical. But you take that spirit away, as I said before, and disconnect the cord that some call the silver cord, and you will fall down like a bag of potatoes and non-existent anymore. 
Now that you've explained, Kentakis, a little bit about the cells, I have to ask you this question. It's not true, is it, that the soul comes out of the body at death? That is correct, uh, Michael. It, it doesn't. No, no. There is a, a fallacy or a myth um, about that upon death, the soul comes out of the human body. What they've got is a mix-up between the soul and the spirit. The soul is your divinity. It's who you are. It's totality. It is more powerful than we could ever possibly imagine. And it's all around us, but it's also way out there in space at the same time because it has no distance. It's not um, limited like we are as physical beings. So what it creates is a facet. And that facet is the spirit that actually allows us to exist on this planet and experience a physical life and every life that we've had from reincarnation. The spirit grows in consciousness just like the human body. But it is the spirit that's within you, not the soul. That is a myth. I see. And so do you, you, you were saying that the cells hold memories from past incarnations. That is true. Like, say, I, I've, I've always had, how would you say, since I've, I walked into this body, I've always had the ability, which I've increased it over the last, say, 52 years of human life. If we learn to connect to our soul, we can also learn how to see all our past lives. Now, some may only have had two lives prior, one, ten a hundred, a thousand, but you can go back and you can see every lifetime through your soul, through that connection. And it can help you in the present. It'll help you understand your emotions. It, that's interesting. But also, like, I know that the reason we, we were so, you were so excited to do this recording you discovered that you could also access the past by accessing cellular memory. Can you tell us about that? Okay. Well, let me go back to 1988, where it all basically began. I have mentioned this, but I'll just mention it again. I was in a situation where I was pretty ill physically, and I felt that I was going to physically die. And this, this spirit called Narishua was sitting at the end of my bed. And he looked at me and he said, you look very miserable. <laughs> and, I, and I looked, opened my eyes and looked up and I saw this Indian sitting there, big, um, big type of Indian feathered thing on and everything like he was a chief of some description. And I said, yes, I am. And he said to me, you need to touch the essence of your soul. In there lies all your answers. That's what he said to me. And I said, how? He said, go quiet by stilling your mind and stopping all the chatter, the confusion that you have been conditioned to believe in. So I understood that. So I did. I went deep and deep. And I tried this over, oh, I don't know, um, three, maybe three-week period before anything happened. And one night I did. And I saw this energy standing in front of me just glowing, all these rigid edges, beautiful greeny blue with a white in it. And it's like the voice said, hop within yourself. Hop within 
yourself. Well, to me, that meant going inside the energy. And the energy was about like roughly two meters tall. Um, it was quite large in diameter and it started off at the floor. So I walked inside. Once I got inside, everything changed, Michael. I could see the universe. In fact, I could see all the universes. They were all around me, everywhere. The planets, the stars, the galaxies. It was just mind-blowing. And that was me. And I said, what is this? And the answer was, this is you. I said, what do you mean, me? And it said, you are everything, and everything is you. You are now limitless in this state of your own consciousness. That was making a connection. And what I learned was that your cellular memory, which is your cellular cells, has the ability not just to heal you, but to rejuvenate your entire body. So if you have bad kidneys because of your pathetic habits in life, if you give up those pathetic habits and start looking at yourself from, say, an emotional side, you start to realize that you must give up all those things that have held you back and made you sick. So I did. And I suddenly realized that I could heal my own body. And that's what I did over several months. And I rejuvenated my entire left lung. That gave me the ability to realize that healing is nothing like what they're teaching on this planet. I can not teach, I can guide any human on this planet to heal if they are willing to look at their life, to look at themselves. And it's a simple process. All you have to do is rub your hands together for 30 seconds and then realize what you're feeling as you part your hands very slowly is something like a sponge. And when you move them in and out, like say five centimeters in between your hands, you will eventually feel a sponge. That's what it feels like. That is your energy force, your life force, but also your aura, because your aura is all the way around you. That is your cellular memory. It's external as well as internal. And that's what I did. And I healed. So you feel, yeah, you can feel this like magnetic push and pull just slightly. Yeah, anyone can do it. They just just feel a little bit and then you trick yourself. You're like, am I, is it really happening? Is this, is there this stickiness when it comes to, is it my rigidness of my hands and yes. my arms, but it's actually there. And so what you can actually, uh, I mean, I would think, I thought you were going to say maybe that once you've, once you've done that with your hands, you've manifested energy there that you then maybe put it to your heart. Is that what you do with it? Or you don't even have to do that. You can simply just think it because you see you are your soul but a facet, but you are your soul. And if you can sit inside of your own soul in pure energy that is, that has every, every piece of information of your entire existence, if you can do that and be in that place of pure balance, 
then you can do anything. You can heal, you can create, you can write. I mean, that's why I write so well in my own self. I write so well within my imagination because I'm connected to something that is my divinity. It's it's beyond creativeness, Michael. It's it's the stage after creativeness. It's like a painter. A painter sees it, starts painting. Many don't even know what they're painting. They just do it automatically. And when they finish, they say, wow. But if you want to know your soul and you want to connect to it, that is the procedure. And once you do that, you take an elevated step higher beyond creativeness into pure divinity. And once you do that, your imagination increases 10 times fold. And what you can visualize is mind-blowing. Whoa. Wow. So, Kintakis, I just wanted to go back and I want to ask, does the planet Earth have cells? Absolutely, Michael. Um, the quantity, I could never, ever tell you. Um, I, in fact, I don't think there's anyone in any universe that could tell you how many cells are within a planet. That would be mind-blowing. Um, <laughs> but every planet in every universe, and there are trillions of universes, they all have cells as well as cellular memory. They also have a spirit. Now, that spirit is the energy that keeps the planet functioning in a balanced way. It has blood like the human body. It has energy like the human body. It gets hot. It gets cold. It works consciously similar to how the human body works. And that's why when my father, Yarkas Kardas, created planet Earth, back then it was called Karas, but planet Earth, it was 4.71 billion years ago. And look at it today. It's a beautiful, thriving planet. Sadly, a lot of the resources have been taken away too quickly. And the planet is now not struggling, but slightly trying to refill the planet with the needs of who occupies it, which is basically human. The animal kingdom is not an issue because it just goes along, goes along, does whatever it has to do. It doesn't rape the earth. It doesn't um, um, dig massive holes to, say, destroy grids, energy grids within the earth that cause problems. They just exist. They work with nature. All the planet world, the vegetation, the insect world, they work with nature. It's a part of their connection. That's why they evolve better in evolution than humans. It's an interesting fact of that. But the cells that exist within the earth are no different to the human body. And that's the interesting factor. Well, when you said it, it has blood, you mean it has lava. Lava, exactly. And that lava, Michael, by the way, if you saw, if you could open the earth up, you would see like arteries running wow. around the world everywhere. And that's why there are volcanoes all over the world. And that's why volcanoes erupt, just like a pimple on your face or pimple on your body. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's releasing all the toxins. 
because, I mean, the Earth's been around for 4.71 billion years. So it's gathered toxins, hasn't it, just like the human body, and it's got to expel those things. But just remember, it is a living vessel, just like our bodies, just like all forms of life on this planet. Wow. So, Kentakis, with cellular memory, um, you, 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 are, you discussed with me before we, as we were planning to do this episode that you have discovered within yourself your ability to, can you just describe your ability to access cellular memory, not only yours, but others? Yes. Okay. First of all, just one thing first, before I continue, you cannot, an, an individual cannot go into someone else's energy fields without their direct permission. Once that permission is given, it is a, uh, a verberation of energy that the cellular cells know and release the permission. That's how it works. And it's like the person says, yes, I give you permission to do that. It works on a very deep conscious level. But to access your own cellular memory, it's only a matter of meditation, becoming still within your mind to stop the chatter of the human brain. And if you sit long enough and if you put the discipline within yourself and if you say, I wish to communicate with my soul, I wish to communicate with my soul directly. And if you keep saying those words in your small meditations, whether physically or in the silence of your mind, eventually it will happen because your soul wants you to connect to your cellular memory because it will help you understand who you are, what you are, and even where you're going. That's the beauty. It's like, say if you want to go and visit another world and you can't do it physically. Well, what you can do is learn to meditate deeply within the essence of who you are. And eventually what you'll find your spirit will actually come into alignment with your soul, with your mind, and you'll be able to project your spirit, not your astral body. Your astral body is at the lower ends of the fourth dimension, which is spirit world. And there are many different vibrations within that dimension. There are levels of vibration within the spirit world that is of a higher consciousness so that's no longer the astral body the astral body only has one purpose projection but also the astral body is like an emotional body the spirit of who you are elevates its consciousness into higher ways of thinking through knowledge understanding and love of heart because it wants to learn it breaks free from the lower parts of the astral body. Every night it breaks free. Absolutely. But there are people in lower consciousness that have, how would you say, certain type of negative earthly habits and they project out astrally to go and fulfill their desires or their greed or their lust, whatever it may be. But that is not the way to grow consciously. We have to go beyond 
what we've been conditioned to do over so many lifetimes. Once we do that, and we learn to that we learn to meditate, we can project our spirit to any planet, any multi-dimensional world, and we can literally, through thought consciousness, create a body that feels and looks physical. Naturally, it won't have the internal organs. It's just energy. The spirit is energy, a part of the soul. But it can manifest itself into a physical appearance. So you could shake hands, you could cuddle, but you don't have what you would normally have in the physical body, organs. That's the difference. And you can visit those worlds and you can learn. And you're not limited to a dimension that might be, say, 50 million or trillion light years from planet Earth. You can be there in seconds, in moments. Wow, that's amazing. Well, this concludes the human cellular memory. Thank you so much, Kentakis, for all that you've shared. If you'd like to find out more about Kentakis, he has a website, which is etcconsciousness.com. Also, we have a Facebook page, which is Kentakis. And if you have any comments or questions or for any reason would like to contact us, please email kentakis at gmail.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more.